This is top 10, topic number 8, which is variation creates uncertainty. We'll start on the Business 302 page, go to Exam Review, go to Statistics, go to the Presentation, that's the Review, and we will hustle down here to PowerPoint slide number, give me a second here to find it, PowerPoint slide number 8 is, excuse me, top 10 concept number 8 is slide 93 near the end of the presentation. Okay, uh, recall that we talked we talked about descriptive statistics and inferential statistics and, and in descriptive statistics uh, we computed the measures of central tendency like a mean and the measures of dispersion like standard deviation. Okay, and standard deviation is the square root of the variance. Variance or variation is dispersion of the data and, and and this topic is about how that dispersion creates un, or is related to uncertainty on a continuum between continu uh, perfectly certain on one side and perfectly uncertain on the other side most of our work lies somewhere in the middle if it was perfectly certain we probably wouldn't study it because we would know the answer already if it's perfectly that would be order um, and if it was perfectly uncertain, <laughs> um, that would be chaos. Hopefully, some of our work is somewhere in between. Okay, but variation creates uncertainty, and we'll I'll give you a couple of examples here in a moment. The next two slides do that. Okay, first, first slide, slide 94, a no variation. So in this particular case, you have certainty, which means you have exact prediction or, excuse me, exact prediction or understanding or an explanation of, of what you see. Okay, the standard deviation is zero. For example, if you have, say you have uh, uh, four numbers, three, 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 and three, you have perfect certainty because the, the standard deviation is zero. And also the third bullet, the variance is zero or fourth, all data is exactly the same. Okay, for example, all workers in a minimum wage job or all workers at a job with the same wage. <laughs> Okay, there, there, there's no deviation, so there's nothing to measure in terms of uncertainty there, at least with, for that particular question, what is the wage? The wage is the same for everybody. Okay, next slide. On the other end of this, on the other end of the continuum, you'd have high variation. High variation, the first bullet point is uncertainty, or unpredictable, it's, it's unpredictable. We don't, since there's a high amount of uncertainty, we have a high degree of of unpredictability and also a high degree of uh, 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 we cannot explain the data either. It's not predictable, not explainable, at least not very easily. Those are there. Those are characterized by high degrees of standard deviation. In other words, a relatively high standard deviation as opposed to zero. Something a high variance, high standard deviation. For example, there are two examples on the slide. The workers in downtown LA have variation between the salaries for the CEOs and the salaries of the garment workers. Right? The salaries of the CEOs would be fairly high. The salaries of the garment workers would be fairly low. Second example, um, but the, uh, in New York temperatures, and boy, I can relate to that. I've been there. The New York temperatures in the spring range from below freezing to very hot. Within uh, as it transitions to summer, okay. So the variation is is pretty high there. 
within within that particular sample, which is in a particular uh, range of a couple of months. Okay, so one way we do that is we compare standard deviations. The temperature example before is one example. How come it's high? How come it's low? What are the variations? Uh, a couple of examples. In bullet point number two, in a beach city like in Redondo Beach or Santa Monica, a small standard deviation means the single temperature is it reads close to the mean. If, if the standard deviation is fairly low, that means most of the data is near the mean. So remember, the standard deviation is, on average, the distance the way the average distance the points are away from the mean. As opposed to, say, a high desert city like Lancaster, for example, <coughs> excuse me, has a, high, a relatively high standard deviation. It has hot days and cool nights, for example. So in that particular case, some of the data points are further away, both positive and negative, in terms of distance there, uh, in terms of to the left or to the right of the mean on, on, a, on a scale. Uh, the, the, there are more points that are towards the hot and towards the cool, even though the means may be the same. The mean may be the same as the beach city. Okay, so that's a comparison of standard deviations, because we need both the mean and the standard deviation to to describe a sample well. Okay, one idea related. Uh, to those two ideas is the standard error of the mean. It's kind of hard to remember, so you have to say it to yourself and concentrate and work on it. And the formula is pretty easy, but it's difficult to remember sometimes. This is called the standard error of the mean. The standard error of the mean, as this slide says, we're on slide 97, is the standard deviation of the sample mean. The standard deviation of the sample mean, or the standard error of the mean, is equal to the standard deviation divided by the square root of n. So the standard error of the mean is related to the standard deviation. But, but we divide through by the square root of n. In other words, the denominator is going to get larger as n gets larger. Not as fast as n does, because it's just the square root of n, but it does get larger. For example, if the standard deviation is 10, and the sample size is 4. That would mean the standard error of the mean is 10 divided by the square root of 4, which is 2. 10 divided by 2 is 5. Note that 5 is less than 10, so the standard error of the mean is less than the standard deviation, which makes sense. We're taking the standard deviation and dividing it by something. Note also that um, uh, as n increases, in other words, also the square root of n would also increase, uh, as the denominator in a fraction increases, the standard error, the total amount, decreases. Remember, the de if the denominator gets larger, the total number gets smaller. So as n increases, the standard error decreases. Okay, another important topic related to variation is something called the sampling distribution. Okay, the sampling distribution is the expected value is the expected value of the sample mean we would hope equals the population mean. But an individual, an one individual sample mean could be smaller or larger than the population mean. I mean, it's true. An individual sample mean could be the same as the population mean, but it's probably smaller or larger by some amount. Okay? Uh, bullet point number two, the, the, the population mean is a constant parameter, but the sample mean is a random variable. Let me explain this sentence again. Remember when we're talking about the population, we're talking about parameters. Talking about samples, we're talking about statistics. But remember, the population isn't typically known. 
and even if we do know the population we usually don't know the standard deviation actually um, so it's 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 fixed think of it this way the pop the parameters in the population are fixed but unknown the only thing that we can see is an individual sample or in some cases multiple samples of a population population mean is a constant parameter constant but unknown parameter but the sample mean is a random variable okay especially if we select it well <laughs> okay third bullet point and so so the sampling distribution is simply the distribution of the sample means for example if I had a population of some numbers and I pulled out a sample and I computed the mean as 12 that's that's one mean that's a sample mean of 12 for one sample if I take that same population draw another sample the, the sample mean might be 13 or 13.5 if I take another sample it might be 12.2 uh, uh, if I take another sample it might be 11.8 if I take another sample it might be 12 again if I take another sample it might be 11.4 so as you take different samples you can compute all the sample means if you plot all of those sample means you get a sampling distribution. A sampling distribution, that's the third bullet here on slide 98, a sampling distribution is the distribution of all of the sample means that you compute if you compute if you pull more than one sample. Okay? Example on page on slide 99. The mean age of all students in the College of Business building is the population mean. Okay? So the mean age of all the students in the building is the population mean. It probably should be all students in the College of Business, but this is close enough. All right, second bullet. But each classroom is a sample mean, right? There's lots of classrooms in the building. So the, mean, the, 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 the building is, in, in this example, the building is the population mean. Second bullet, each classroom is a sample mean, assuming the samples are, are, are what are called independent and identically distributed. But what it means, that's a fancy name for it, just means the samples are pulled from the, from the population in the same way. Uh, each classroom has a sample mean. Okay, just like I said before. Uh, the ages might be 32, 33, 26, 27 and a half, etc., etc. Bullet point number three, the distribution of the sample means from all of the classrooms, say about 20 classrooms, is called the sampling distribution. Okay. And the last slide in this particular section is something known as the central limit theorem. The reason that's important is is because the link between the sampling distributions is our link is the link to the central limit distribution and the central limit distribution is important because that's the key concept in inferential statistics that allows us to take a look at a sample take a look at a sample and draw inferences about the population so bullet point number 1 if the population standard deviation is known the sampling distribution of the sample means is normal if n is is if the sample size n is a is larger or about larger than 30. That's about the magic number. Some people debate that particular number, but that's the number you learn in class. So if the population standard deviation is known, the sampling distribution of the sample means is approximately normal. You'll see that word all the time. It'll say a uh, problem will say a uh, sample was drawn from a normal distribution or an approximately normal distribution assuming the sample is larger than about 30 or so, which most are, many are. 
Bullet point number two, the central limit theorem applies even if the original population is skewed. Okay, which is nice. So the central limit, even if, even if the mean and the standard deviation, and even if you were to plot out one individual sample, even if the original population is skewed, um, you can still use, when you, when you pull multiple samples and, and you plot out the sample distributions, you can still use the central limit theorem. It still applies, even though the distribution of one particular sample doesn't seem to look normal. The distribution of the sample means will be approximately normal, which is nice to know. Students forget that all the time.